those visionaries that are envisioning that an accounting system will become populated in an automated way, the people that would work with that information are completely different than those that worked with that information 10 years ago. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, formerly known as Improv is No Joke, where it's all about believing that strong communication skills are the best way in delivering your technical accounting knowledge and growing your business. An effective way of building stronger communication skills is by embracing the principles of applied improvisation. Your host is Peter Margaritas, CPA, a.k.a. The Accidental Accountant, and he will interview financial professionals and business leaders to find their secret in building stronger relationships with their clients, customers, associates, and peers, all the while growing their businesses. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 30. And my guest today is Robin Thiem, who's the founder of KBS CFO, which is an outsourced CFO and accounting department solutions for growing, sustainable, and profitable businesses. She has over 30 years of financial and accounting experience, a passion for the efficiencies that new technologies enable, and a dedication to small businesses. Long before cloud computing was a mainstream term, Robin built her own company, KBS, as a virtual organization. She takes the same innovative and thoughtful approach to establishing efficiencies and solutions that fit the current business environment for her clients. In this episode, we discuss how she started her business in 2004 and how it has evolved into a virtual CFO solution with the help of embracing technology. She is very future-focused, and we discuss the changing role in the CPA profession and how the best to begin to develop those skills necessary in order to survive this change. Before we get to the interview, Change Your Mindset is part of the C-Suite Radio family of podcasts. It is an honor and a privilege to be amongst some of the more popular business podcasts, such as The Hero Factor with Jeffrey Hazlett, Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken, and Keep Leading with Eddie Turner. You can find Change Your Mindset and many other outstanding business podcasts on C-Suite Radio by going to www.csuiteradio.com. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. And now a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, a.k.a. The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a high-content and engaging speaker for your next conference? Do you want to deliver a story to stakeholders that will transform data dumping to engaging business conversations? Do you want to feel that the value a speaker provides your audience far exceeds the dollar value on their invoice? Then book Peter for your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Contact Peter at peter at petermargaritas.com and visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com. By the way, one of his Fortune 50 clients actually made the comment about the value he brings to your audience. Now, let's get to the interview with Robin Thiem. Hey, welcome back, everybody. 
my guest today is actually a listener, someone in my audience who's been listening for a while. She sent me an email uh, about a couple weeks ago and asked if maybe she could be on the show. And I said, absolutely. Anybody who listens to my podcast, so it's you and my mother. I haven't interviewed <laughs> her, yet, her yet, but anybody listens to my podcast and and has the background that you have and, and can speak to the, prof- the accounting profession. Absolutely. So I'm so excited to introduce my guest today is Robin Thiem. She's out of Maryland. And thank you, Robin, because it's Friday. It's actually, it's Good Friday. Happy Good Friday to you. And thank you for taking time out of your schedule to spend some time with me today. Well, I'm really excited to be here, Peter, and I, I, I am a fan, so I'm kind of uh, starstruck by uh, being with you now. Uh, it, it, uh, it's been really fun listening to you the last few years, and now to sit down and have a conversation is, is a real treat for me. Starstruck. I'm the one that's starstruck. I actually have somebody. And recently, people have actually you know, come up, and I've made a couple, I made a comment, and um, I think the last this episode is coming up with Samantha Bowling about any of my audience members, if they ever see me out anywhere and, or they recognize my voice, come up and talk to me. And I, I usually carry books with me. I'll give you a book. If not, I will send you one. So um, please approach me. I, I think I'm very approachable. Yeah, it sounds like it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you at our next conference together. Exactly. So Robin, tell everybody in the audience, a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Well, I right now, I started a business called uh, KBS CFO in 2004. So that's what I've been, I've been doing what I'm doing now for, since then. And um, we provide uh, virtual CFO and accounting department solutions to growing businesses. And I, uh, we, what that means is basically we are the new version of an accounting department that can work with a business um, even though we're not employed by the business. The old-fashioned accounting department for a small business has been a little bit displaced and we can uh, provide the solution of transaction capture through controller, up through CFO type services, basically for be a one stop shop for the for the business businesses that come to us. Whoa, 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 whoa! You said something interesting there. Um, I've never. This is the first time I've heard of virtual CFO. I've heard of you know you know contractual CFO that shows up to a location, but you don't show up to a location. We don't show up to location. I have clients all over the country, and uh, the majority of them do not reside in Maryland, actually, as it turns out in this day and age. Um, and we conduct our business similar to how we're having this um, podcast today through the different web tools that are available to us. And everybody communicates through email, Slack, Asana, all these other tools. And, and so we're able to. Um, accomplish what we do without walking into the organization's premises. So it's, it's all thanks to a lot of good technology. But um, it used to be that the old mindset was if you identified, if you were able to identify that you might need a CFO or C-level type 
person to be, um, to employ somebody like that, then you would be like, well, that's too much money. I can't afford like a CFO for my business. I'm too small for that. And it turns out like small businesses have some pretty um, big problems or big, big, big decisions and they just only need a part of us. So that's, I saw that that was uh, doable and uh, there, I have other colleagues that are doing the same thing, but we, you know, we're really um, meeting a need of, of businesses that uh, are struggling to run their businesses, love what they do, are really good at it, but just need some help on the back end. So, 2004, the technology in 2004 versus 2019 night and day. So what were you using in 2004 to be a virtual CFO? We were less of a virtual CFO at that time. I mean, there's definitely, I had clients even then that we would um, be set up where we would be able to virtually get into the accounting system through, you know, there, there was businesses that were doing um, hosting of accounting applications. There wasn't as many what's called SaaS applications as there are today where software as a service where you could log into a website but um, but there was ways to uh, I uh, there was a way to get into people's computers so one of the ways I had to think about it one of the ways that we used to be virtual is a tool that I don't know if it even exists today PC anywhere so I remember that yeah so I use that a long before 2004 like so when my yeah. my son was born i convinced my boss that i could you know work from home and i use pc anywhere i would in 1994 to get into uh computers at the office that we had in washington dc when i would be at home so that was i guess one of the most commonly used tools i would i would convince a client i'd say i'm going to help you i'll be very available i'm just going to have to actually ask if i can tap into your computer. <laughs> and some, some clients didn't like that idea. That's kind of a freaky idea. And other clients were like, you mean I don't have to see you? And then they, they'd be quite happy about that. So yeah, I can just like virtually, you can move my mouse. But yeah, I guess it was PC anywhere. So, and you keep saying the word we, we. How yes. many people do you have on your team? Well, I have um, 10, um, 12 people that work in this vicinity near Kensington. And then I actually have two people that work for us in India. So uh, wow. the we is, is, is uh, global actually. So I'm, I'm, and I'm really uh, excited about that. I work, I started working with that part of the team last, about 12 months ago, but, but the, the we here in the States are people were also work for me virtually. I do have an office and I'm speaking to you from my office outside my home. I walk, it's about a mile from the house. I needed to separate work and home. And, um, so I decided to do this a while ago and, um, I, it's actually a co-working space that people can come to other people in the neighborhood. And um, so some people come to the office and they like to do that. And many of the people work virtually for me and, and uh, the, they're women. And um, my business model is uh, for hiring is that um, I, most of the people that work for me are 
0.5 FTEs. They're, they work a, a 25 hours or so a week. And I don't really uh, keep track of that. They're assigned a, a bucket of work and they need to get it done and meet every single deadline. But they, I really don't keep track of when they do it and where they are when they do it. That's interesting because there's a, uh, a company here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the name is Kaiser Consulting, and she started this some years ago. And it's, it's just, other than being virtual, it, it's built around that same concept. And her her firm has grown from herself, and I forget how many years. I think she's got like seventy five people. Wow! In the firm. I admire that. Wow! And I I, I spoke. Uh, to their company uh, about a couple years ago, and at that time they were like thirty-five or forty. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating, but it's an it's an interesting business model. Now, you're in Maryland, obviously a, a member of the Maryland Association of CPAs. Proud, proud member. And, and by the way, I'm also a member of the Maryland Association of CPAs. All right. As as much as much as MACPA, the Business Learning Institute, have supported me in my business model, I became a member. I think I'm going on about a year now. But I read something in your bio that I knew that you were a member of the Maryland Association of CPAs because you you describe yourself as a anticipatory accountant. And I went, oh, she's drank the Kool-Aid, ate the cookie. <laughs> Could you explain what an anticipatory accountant is? Sure. Um, so uh, an anticipatory accountant, I hope I, I do my uh, my colleague Tom Justice here uh, and Dan Burris, the one who really introduced the concept to MACPA, is one who um, is uh, looking out towards the future, anticipating um, trends and really focused on what's going to happen next instead of um, being a historian for our clients. So um, being uh, focused on how you use the information that you're you're involved with capturing and what it means for the future. Uh, just, um, I, I, can't I guess it's very redundant, but just basically thinking about those things, and ultimately, when you think about it from its most basic elements, a successful business should always be thinking about where they're going and not where they've been. So uh, I I live in that world, and you live it very well because um, I, I've heard Dan Burr's and Tom speak over over the years. And what Dan, basically Dan was saying, there's there's two types of trends out there, hard trends and soft trends. And I love how you describe it. it take technology. Um, I've got an iPhone 10. Am I, on my next iPhone, am I going to buy an iPhone 3? No, I'm going to dictate that next model. So technology will continue to evolve and it's not gonna, I'm not going to get a dumb phone. That's right. I'm going to try to keep getting a smarter phone. And same thing with demographics. Once we have that, this, um, I think we've now got an idea of the totality of the millennials, and we can see them come through the system. Now we got to start looking at disease because we had a large baby boomer and a small Gen X. We saw that, but we didn't do anything about it. And then there's this hiring issue. And then we got a huge millennial. Uh, a population coming through. And I loved how um, I heard Rebecca 
Brown from MACPA talk about the demographics and, and firms were looking for a 35-year-old tax manager. And she said, you know how long it takes to find a 35-year-old tax manager? 35 years and nine months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just not hanging off the tree. That's right. But you have that vision because you're not going to go back in your business. Go, you know, I, the Zoom, whatever. I'm going back to PC anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I I do try to you know look look at what what tools are put in front of us and how we can leverage them. I love like learning about a new software and trying to brainstorm of how what that software could potentially do to help you know, a client. And then at times it might be that you look at something and you realize that it's, it's really solving a problem that at times nobody needs to solve. But, um, you know, I think, uh, it's, it's fun. And, and they've done this at, at a lot of conferences and I appreciate it to just like contemplate, forget about accounting for a second, put that on hold and just contemplate like the, the driverless car and then think about all the innovation related to the driverless car and then try to bring that back to like the work that we do and how we could help you know um our clients um think about how to react to those things you know so if you're a uh, you know, pizza place, <laughs> like maybe a driverless car could come into play at one point or something you know it, just something like that where you might think that's those are two different things that should never meet. Paths should never meet. <laughs> I, th- I think those paths should, should be. And I actually, I'm, I think I would be more productive in a driverless car than driving myself. Yeah. Because uh, I, 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 do, I do some work here in the state of Ohio. And when I have to drive to Cleveland, if I had the driverless car and I could sit in the back and, and that technology has pretty much worked itself out, I can, that's two hours of productivity I can gain. Right. So our, we've been brainwashed, you know, and we, we really love our cars and I know, you know, people do, but all of a sudden I started to think about, you know what, at one point it's going to be illegal for me to drive. You know, and that's a good thing. <laughs> so I was like, and I said that to somebody else and they love this person I was talking to. They love cars and I really upset them. I was like, yeah, there'll be a point where literally like humans getting in behind a wheel will be considered, you know, a safety threat and they'll, that you won't, you know, that's my, that's one of my visions. But I mean, it, other people's have the similar idea, but it's just like to think about it, it kind of, it makes sense to a certain degree that, like you said, we we get distracted. We want to be working on our, you know, checking our email. We want to do these other things. So, but we we kind of are trying to struggle with these competing things. Like, you know, that's really strange for a car to make those decisions. You know, right? But if you think, I'm sitting there thinking about when I get into yeah. the later retirement years when I really should not be driving and I would probably be like my father and mother would fight over giving up the keys. They're giving up. Yeah, that, that that's be, right. That could be the, the illegal aspect of it. If you're over a certain age, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. You should be in the back seat and have the driverless car take you. Yeah. And, and people are, who are listening to this going, Okay, some are going, that's pretty cool. Some are saying, that will never happen. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, 
we don't know. So I guess that's where this skill of hard and soft trends comes in and it being a skill. I love that idea. And that was, you know, something that, that the MACPA has really, um, been focusing on sharing with their members is this concept that it sounds like our conversation right now that we're having is outside of our work, but it's really a part of it. It's, you know, thinking like having this conversation and then saying to each other, is this a hard trend or is it a soft trend? Is, you know, is there going to be a point where, you know, um, it will be illegal for um, us to get into cars and what does that mean for us? And how would that affect a business that we advise, you know, um, we, we provide um, guidance to, you know, that's decided to buy a fleet of cars for their employees because they think it's a really great thing to do. So let's think about your business. So when you started the virtual CFO, there's probably nothing out there, and and I don't think you're 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 uh, have a whole lot of competition out there right now. I don't know. Do you have a whole lot of competition? Well, the competition is growing, and I welcome it because I think there's a dynamic of at first, you know, I I had to really spend a lot of time explaining what I do, but you actually you do run into business owners right now that will be be that'll say, I, I'd like to hire a virtual CFO to, or not, they might not say virtual, they might say CFO, they might say fractional, or, you know, uh, I need an accountant, do you know one? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I know that the uh, AICPA has really started to recognize that of all of the CPA pathways, that this is the fastest growing and demanded service that businesses are looking for. They're just completely overwhelmed by all by trying to run a business and they um, they're really looking to accountants to, you know, help them. They they kind of have heard all these years that we're helpful <laughs> and we're honest and we, you know, care and all these good things. So they just kind of naturally want to pick up the phone and call call the people um, and ask ask for help. So I, I know that many public accounting firms um, are, you know, large ca- accounting firms have definitely gotten into the term that the AICPA has definitely branded. Um, well, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know about legally, but <laughs> client accounting services is a term that's being used through the CPA world to describe this concept of being an accounting department for an organization. And uh, we're still really scrappling with what's the best term for what I do. I, I was messing with CAO, Chief Anticipation Officer. I like that. So I thought I you think, might like that, but I, nobody knows what that means. <laughs> so, that's even better because they have to ask you, what does that mean? We all true. know what it's I haven't been able to make that one get any traction on that one, but it is what I do, but it's just, you know, uh, but I, to that hard. point, to that point, you know, I, I struggled. Do I keep the, the name of my business? The accidental accountant. I Some, love that name. I love it. Someone said, absolutely. Cause if they'll ask you a question, what is an accidental accountant? They want to ask you, I'm a CPA. Well, we kind of know what that is. So it's that, that lead in that question to say, so what's the chief anticipatory officer? Was it? Chief Chief Anticipation Officer, anticipation. CAO. So what what does that mean? And that leads into the story to bring them in and talk about how the technology and how your firm 
and and you yourself pretty much a visionary because you saw this back in 2004 to some degree and have been able to ride that wave till 15 years later so that leads me to my next question what do you see how do you see your business and I don't use the word anymore I'm trying not to use the word change in the next 5 years how does your business transform mm. in the next 5 years and that transformation word was introduced by Daniel Burris who is a member of the National Speakers Association, and he's the current chair, uh, co-chair of our annual convention. And it's the annual convention is about transforming. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I the transformation that I see is, I mean, this might be not very creative, you know, on my part, but just really an explosion in understanding and demand for this the need of what what we do in particular a part of the transformation being very much um centered around the capture of data and the fact that um there's a a growing investment in that being done by robots and automatically mm-hmm. and uh and also the the way that those that are working with the data i'm using the word data mm-hmm. instead of accounting transactions um and that the data um really requires a data specialist which is really like a the data specialist field is you know, really be, um, becoming the way to go where you, you're you not a person that walks into an office and there's a stack of pieces of paper there in an inbox and you sit down and you open a system and you start typing in data and you were really smart and you needed to know what to enter and you needed to look at that piece of paper with great knowledge, that role is really transformed. And it's it's kind of gone. I mean, I still live with it. I don't live with the, we don't have any paper. We don't, I've been paperless since I started my business. So there's no paper. I see a lot of paper in the back there. So yeah, yeah I'm paperless too. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, but no, um, but, um, but in terms of the, the, I think there is a lot of talk about like the reduction of data entry and I do see that to a certain degree. I mean, but the, it's not quite the way people are describing it, um, but they're the visionaries. So those visionaries that are envisioning that an accounting system will become populated in an automated way, the people that would work with that information are completely different than those that worked with that information 10 years ago. And this concept of like a reconciliation is going to look different than it did, you know, a long time ago. So there, hopefully there'll be less of them. <laughs> so, And actually McCormick, uh, a Maryland company, has two RPAs, Robotic Process Automation, which is really a bot that reconciles supplier vendor. Yeah. And basically it reconciles it and then it pr- provides a, a, well, these we need to look at. These are kind of high risk areas. And here's some medium risk, and these are low risk, but you, you need to take a look at this. And it's it's not taking days to do it, it's taking seconds. 
Yeah. Well, that's, so that's kind of part of the transformation of small business. McCormick's doing it today Mm -hmm. and it'll become affordable and part of the, you know, zero and uh, bookkeeping bots and bench.co and all these companies that are trying to make this affordable for small business will, you know, basically facilitate that. And so that's really, and of course that changes the workforce and looking for people that were really skilled at, you know, I mean, this is, this isn't the case anymore, but I bet, I don't know if you're quite, what, how, how our ages match up, but I was quite good at the 10 key, you know, I could do that really fast, you know? So it's like, who cares? But I mean, I, I did, uh, I did work in public accounting a long time ago and I, you know, was at the point where you would, you know, rapidly type in numbers using a 10 key and, you know, that's just completely not needed anymore, you know? Hold hold, 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 on, hold hold on, no, no, you're going to get, you're going to get, people going to wreck the car (laughs) because trust me, I I, I asked this this question, you know, is is business today the same it was before? And I show a picture of a 10 key and I go, uh, for those of you who are not accountants, a 10 key is an item machine with the tape that rolls out the back. I asked the audience, how many of you still have a 10 key? And 75% of that audience raises their hand. Do they, and, I, and, and they use it to check their Excel. They do. They use it to check their Excel. And I told them there's a support group for those people. <laughs> That's good. That's it's time good. To, it's, time, it's time to yeah, put, and, put that away and move forward. Move on. And I think, you know, um, if I can get like a little hippy-dippy about it, there's... It's that we're missing out. Our, at, we being accountants and being part of this tribe of accountants and CPAs in particular are missing out on what our clients are clamoring for. They want us to put the 10 key down and they want us to sit down and look at them and they actually speak to them yeah. and learn of all the things that are going on in their business and then be, you know, use all those brains to, you know, contribute. And uh, it's like it. Part of it is giving up the tanky. <laughs> so. <laughs> Drop the tanky and take some steps away. Yeah, exactly. So you uh, be safe. <laughs> be safe. So and <laughs> and hearing you and 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 all the stuff that you've done, you don't like staying in your comfort zone very much, do you? I. I'm. I guess I'm comfortable with a mistake or two. <laughs> so I, uh, in the company, I have a uh, like as we're as we're uh, making errors periodically. Mm-hmm. I have an expression: success is learning. So um, I uh, I do subscribe to that, and it's a funny dynamic because when I go to CPA conferences, I, I just I was at the. I think it was a digital CPA conference, but I was at a conference and you'll sit at a round table or sit with people and that there's people there that'd be like, my partners, I cannot convince them to like change this thing. And then it's a joke in my company where they're like, don't change anything else, Robin. Just let's just, <laughs> just for the first quarter, if you could just please just leave it the way it is. So it's just kind of a funny, uh, a funny dynamic that, and I, uh, that the people that work for me are, a, they get a little stressed out because I might, and that it might not be helpful at times, but I do, I love, I do get, you know, um, enamored with 
the ability of um, a tool to to do something that I hadn't thought of. So I, I do get caught up in that. And at times I gravitate more towards that than looking at somebody's balance sheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you, you, you yeah, I, I see that in you, and, and, and but you, like we were talking before we, we uh, started recording, you're a skier and uh, you're sh- sharing about moguls and how you have to kind of lean in because if you lean back, it's not good. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. <laughs> if you lean forward and anticipate where you're going, you'll get to the end. So that's that's scary for a lot of people. That, that, yes. That, that leaning in, you, you lean in. You don't lean back. You, you when lean- I'm in business, I lean I lean in. <laughs> Skiing, I'm str- I struggle with the lean forward, but I, I aspire to it. Yeah. So yeah. this this leaning in this this that's kind of like getting outside that comfort zone into that area that's risky and scary, which is taking me down a path. Um, you are now a graduate. I'll, I'll let you explain it, but Robin went into the scary place just recently and came out unscathed and probably with a different perspective on a lot of different things. So, Robin, if you could share what what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, I, um, I, I just graduated last Tuesday from my 10 weeks in improv class. And I just thoroughly thank you. And you are an inspiration to me for sure. And I, I, I had been enamored with the concepts of yes and for a while and, and um, from a number of different original pathways. But um, I definitely got a kick out of like thinking about how that applies to business. And it did speak to me. And at, at, at the same time, I was going through um, caring for my mom who, who passed away last August. And, and I miss her quite a bit. And, but she, I really started to think about her as a yes and person. And um, I, I did have to basically, you know, kind of scramble for a few years to figure out how to care for her. My sister was a big help with that, but I, you know, I was kind of dealing with that and thinking about just basically putting everything else on hold and taking care of that. And then, and, and I just basically uh, at one point decided it was time to do something for myself and um, learn and grow. And so I, my husband, you know, actually gave it to me as a gift because he had heard me talking about it so often. And then I decided to, you know, push the button and walk into that improv class, not knowing anybody and, uh, you know, see what happened next. And it was really, it was scary. And I was very much um, in awe and intimidated by the teacher. I thought, you know, she's going to ask me to do really hard stuff. And um, it was just, it was a really a very positive experience and I'm looking forward to continuing with it. So uh, where did you take the, the, the course? Where? Yes. At the DC Improv in, in, in Washington, DC. And do you remember who your instructor was? Oh, of course. Anna Bethel. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, we just finished. So, and I just think she, so, I mean, not only, sorry, I'll just get, I get excited when I talk about this, but not only did I find that for two and a half hours, I'm not turning my phone on. I'm laughing 
hysterically at, you know, everyone were really supportive of one another. I didn't know anyone else in the class. All those things are really great, you know, and, uh, you know, I felt that ultimately one of the extra cream, you know, cream on the cake or whatever Mm -hmm. was to listen to this really talented improv do her craft. So it was like, I was getting entertained by this, my teacher and I, I just loved it. It it is an absolute blast. And now you're hooked. And, um, have you been, are you still taking classes? Actually, I, I try to, uh, this winter I was taking a, um, I hadn't taken a level two in a while, which is more from the acting perspective. And I was commuting from Columbus to Cincinnati. And there was a couple of times the snow kept me away. So I didn't get, I, I, out of the six that they did, I, I was able to at least get three. But those three, I mean, I'm in Nirvana. When, yeah. When I'm, yeah. If I'm driving two and a half hours, two hours to take an improv class, that, that was Nirvana. Uh, I've, um, a friend of mine who's also a CPA, she's, she's in Michigan, call out to Kristen Rampey. Um, we were talking about it recently on email about trying to go to Chicago and see if there's a, a three-day intensive course just because. And I've Second done, City? At Second City. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've done that a couple of times. And, and that is, I, I, what cell phone? I don't have a cell phone. It's right. Just, and, but, but that environment that they put you in, you're completely safe. There was no... There's nothing to worry about. It, it, it's a very welcoming, very safe environment that actually they want you to fail. Right. And, and you mentioned something about this earlier, but I, I've, I've learned, and it was outside of improv, but I've, I've brought it into improv. There's an acronym called F-A-I-L, and it stands for First Attempt in Learning. Mm-hmm. Because we have to fail in order to get better. And that's the thing about improv. Taking that risk, failure, it's okay. It's embraced. A lot of times out of that failure comes great ideas. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the magic of it. And it's not just a theater thing. You bring it into your business. You bring it into your life. And, and it's, 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 it's truly magical. Yeah. And it can be kind of crushing to, you know, to fail or make a mistake. I mean, nobody, I, it's not like, like you, you know, we don't plan it that way. But if you can like walk away from something and recognize that you, you know, played a part in the mistake or failure, but that there's something to be learned from it. It's really, well, you you kind of didn't waste it. <laughs> so that's the I'm like, don't waste this failure. <laughs> yeah, don't so, waste Just, yeah. you know, learn from it. Yeah, I love that though. That's great. And I think it it is um, a really um, powerful lesson. And I, I've witnessed other people that really struggle with it and they really are hard on themselves. And, and I mean, not that you want to ever again, strive for um, making errors, but at times the experiments that you're doing could really have great value. So, I mean, looking at it as an experiment, which is definitely DC, you know, improv rather is, is an experiment and it's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and that's really what the power of it is. And, you know, I, one of the things that I personally, like, I do love humor. I mean, I, I really enjoy, like, I have, I love the second city, you know, I I watched that from a long time and everything. And I love comedy, but I didn't really like focus in with this improv on gaining great abilities to entertain others. I was really focused on like 
thinking on my feet, the concept of collaboration, this concept that we've talked about, you know, or that you've talked about with communication and, you know, and just also like reading what others around you want and need from you. Like, so, you know, you've got to figure that out in that, the improv, like what, what is it that you're doing based on what that person just brought into this, you know, um, scene, you know, so. Uh, it makes you become a better listener. Yeah. It really makes you become, and that's, I talk about it all the time, because usually the last words that come out of people's mouths are the most important, but if we interrupt it, we never hear it. That's what improv, because if you interrupt your teammate and they're about to say something, or they say something and you're distracted, the scene falls apart. Mm-hmm. You've got to be actively listening all the time with your eyes and ears in order to be successful on stage and in business. Right. And I did struggle with that, just like where I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm very new to it. And you, you know, you've been doing it for like figuring out when is the right time to join in where you're being supportive and when is it that you're not you know basically doing a yes and move you know you're so i i was just i kind of think about that and try to make sure i'm i'm aware of it and i'm not just like sitting there thinking while you're talking about what i'm going to say mm-hmm. you know so it t- it does take time. It, it takes yeah. time to, to sit there. Still learning. Yeah, it's still learning. But but you've got the tools, and and it's just you know. So when I was telling you about how I do, do this podcast, you know, a lot of podcasts will ask guests, send me some questions you want me to ask, or here's some questions I want you to fill out and send back to me. I don't do that. Uh, I do my research. I do my homework because that's really about improv. Is it's gaining that knowledge. It's not making stuff up. It's about taking the knowledge that we have and applying it and listening to the conversation that we have. And it, it, it does take a little bit of time, but the more you do it, it just becomes, you know, it, it's, it, it becomes really, you know, magically. It's almost like Lucky yeah. Charms. It's magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, ultimately what you've been able to do with this ability to listen is just you know create not to you know create a really engaging um, discussion with your guests and I uh, I think it can sound you know when you listen to certain podcasts you're like did they write that ahead of time you know and they'll be you'll you'll feel like you're not you're you're just part of it and you just question how much of it is scripted and so forth and it, it's not as interesting you know for for the listener I think. So you take you take the you, you you blend the improv into your business because you have people that rely on you and you're trying to motivate that team and the ability to to empathize with them and instead of saying no and and sort of saying but it's like yes I hear you and let's talk about it some more or I I can yes I empathize with what's going on and tell me more or have you thought about this? It's moving a conversation forward in a positive way. And I will say there's, you know, we have a stereotype and I hear the word CF no mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm, so if, if I had, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? I'm trying to accomplish the accounts to quit saying no all the time. Yes. And to say yes. And, but it's not, it's about 
agreement, but not always agreeing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, um, uh, I have had some projects recently where I was working with different accountants and I, and I did find that there was, uh, I guess, a level of arrogance that you just could tell it was, you know, a one-way conversation. And it's unfortunate because you, you know, you really don't produce a, you know, something that is, is quite as good. I think of it when you're allowed to, you know, two people to collaborate, but, um, and I, and I think it is really, uh, you know, you talked about the transformation and Dan Burris and all these things. And I, I think that because of the nature of both, you know, what happens in technology and just in general, the, 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 the way that the way that our lives have changed, we need to kind of change our persona. And I actually one day, well, I think I said this to Tom, I don't know, or somebody at the ACP, I was like, you know, I wonder if the word accountant is problematic. And I, I think they practically, you know, like kicked me out of the room, you know, <laughs> but I was like, it's like, are we counting anything anymore? Like we're, you know, so it's be pretty disruptive to change the term for what, you know, we go to school for and, um, you know, proud to be a CPA and those kinds of things. And, and the knowledge I've gained is, is really something that I, I use every day, but I just, you know, I think that the profession is, has so much opportunity and people still, they really want our help. But when we're CFO, no, or, you know, those expressions, then they basically, you know, are, Going to seek elsewhere, seek help elsewhere. Right, and, and they'll call the lawyer. We don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. No. No. But they'll find that person. They'll find that firm. They'll find that organization that will listen to them. That won't say no to them. That that will, yeah. You know, I we use the word cost a lot in our. How much mm-hmm. cost? I've I've been taught over the last I guess three years is to throw away the word cost and say where will this investment take us. And it gives us a whole new mindset. That's right. Cost is somewhat of a negative connotation. It's it, it's 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 now it, it's and it's gone tomorrow. And investment lasts for a period of time. So where will this take us? And I do that with my business when I want to start a podcast. When I wanted to, to do some of the stuff that I do. I say, okay, this is a or the books. The investment will be X amount of dollars. And all right, and I, how long do I think it'll be till I recoup? But I don't just want to recoup. Where do I think this is going to take me? Uh, changes that whole mindset versus looking at that initial cash outlay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've, been wrong. I've been wrong, but I'm sure. not right on that, but uh, I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> but I mean, to, to frame that, those expenditures in terms of that, that I, you know, a lot of times what, when people are talking about operational expenditures, I'll try mm-hmm. not to use that word cost. <laughs> so they're, they're really, that is really like a common thing. We're going to cut those costs and things like that. And, um, and one of the common ones that I struggle with communicating, and I've just been like, I just came up with a way to, to maybe make ground with this one is that it'll be time for somebody to invest in their accounting system. They, you know, they basically, a lot of companies try to you know, they find the co- the concept of spending, you know, money on an accounting system. It's it's looked at as a cost. It's really, you know, um, hard to get out of that mindset. And but I was so I was like thinking about it one day, and I have this one client that I can just see 
that it's time to have the conversation. This, <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to get through? And then I'm like, you know what? They, the, the owner of that company drives a really nice car. And they spend, you know, that car probably cost 50K. And they made a smart decision in their mind. And I, you know, I would never question somebody's decision in terms of vehicles, but it's like you invest in a vehicle, um, you know, and you expect it to do its job. And, you know, people really are comfortable doing that overall, you know, and they will be really comfortable, uncomfortable spending like if, you know, one fourth, one sixth of that on an accounting system. You know, so it's just a funny dynamic where that system is going to take you where you're going. And I'm working on my, you know, my, (laughs) my parallels there, you know, and I just was, was trying to think like, you know, overall, like if somebody's was to, if you were to say to somebody, this system is a really good solution for you to take you to the next step, it's going to be $500 a month. And they're like, uh, what? You know, that's a large cost, you know, um, for, but it's, but it's a similar thing. You're not going to drive around in an old, you know, nobody's driving around in a car from 1985 that has, you know, um, a tape cassette player, you know, and those things, they, they want the Bluetooth. They want these things. Why? Because they make your life work the way it works today. So I, I, that's my, I'm, as you can tell, it's, it's kind of a new, a new one. I'm trying to work through the, the story there, so to speak. But I do think that businesses do struggle with that. And I was talking with a, a CFO of an accounting software and she, I, I was saying that they, I was providing a little feedback and said that, you know, basically they should maybe invest in like a solution that will make it less difficult to mm-hmm. convert information. And she said, well, we, we've lost a lot of money trying to fix that. You know, so it was like, she, she didn't even use the word cost. She, she used the, the fact that they spent more than they took in. They, she actually used the word loss. So, which is not at all how I would, you know, describe investing in helping your customers to convert their, their data. So it's just, that's, that's the mindset that um, ultimately, you know, maybe at times we all need to be, you know, skeptics and thought thoughts, think about the actual economics and not sign up for pyramid schemes. Like, <laughs> you know, but, um, but, you know, I mean, at times, like, like you said, those investments take you to the next level. And, and um, it, it's very hard, I think, for um, us to effectively communicate that to our, our clients in a way that they're, you know, marketing people are much better at it. You know, I, I was on a sales call with a marketing guy and I was like, he's so good. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about your dilemma and this guy likes his cars. So maybe an angle is, uh, if you buy this investment into an updated accounting system, we'll be able to process and do things in a faster manner. And as this business grows, would you like to, as one day, maybe think that you'd be able to drive a Tesla? Well, you might be able to get there a little bit quicker, 
if your system is ran a little bit smoother and you could process things easier mm -hmm. and not get bogged down. Because if you're using Excel as your accounting system, that's back from the 80s and we can get you to that next level a lot quicker and you can get into a newer car. Think about the new accounting system. All right. <laughs> I'm going to work on that one. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's something there, you know, basically try to draw a parallel in terms of the way people think about their car purchases versus how they yeah. want to spend next to nothing on their accounting systems. It's, it's, what do I look good at? It's the, it's the, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. house rich and furniture poor. That's I'm really, right. I'm really estate right. rich, but you come into my house, I have no furniture because it's all in the aesthetics yeah. uh, out there. Robin, I, it has been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. Uh, this has been so much fun. And, and here's what we're going to do, because I, I do speak a lot up in Maryland. If you're ever at a conference that I'm speaking at, at some point during my presentation, you're going to come up and we're going to show them the power of improv and you and I are going to do an improv story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'd love that. All right. I, that's a deal. I'm going to hold you to that. That's, cool. that's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we, maybe we can rope somebody else into it too. But I think it's, that's a fun idea. And I, and I, I think uh, you know, spreading the word uh, amongst our fellow accountants about the power of it and how it relates to what we do is, is really um, you know, something that you've been doing for a while. And I, I, I want to I want to be there with you. Cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Thank you again. And let's stay in touch. And I wish you all the best. I, I, love, the, I love the visionary that you are and, and, and what you see and how you've done and what you've built. Yeah, you very much are very anticipatory. And keep thinking transformation. I will. Thanks a lot, Peter. And I just, I want to, you know, um, express my appreciation for not just the the podcasts and the messagings. I love the concept of taking the numb out of numbers. Is I mean that that's something I strive for, and and um, you know being able to tell a story. So a lot of the messaging that you're trying to communicate um, is not going on deaf ears over here in Maryland for sure. And I just, and I want to thank you, um, you know, for for the positive impact you're having on our you know, our accounting community. Oh, thank you. And everybody. Much. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to hear about if you go to Second City and do a three day, I want to hear about that. That's really cool. Well, maybe it's just to look at your calendar, see if you can clear it out and, right. uh, and join Kristen and I up there. Oh, I think it's a fun idea. I need to catch up with you though. I need a couple more classes. <laughs> Absolutely. So once again, thank you very much. I look forward to the next time I pass cross. Thank you. Now that you've listened to this episode, what will you do to become more future ready? What steps will you take to change your mindset and get out of your comfort zone? What risks are you willing to accept in order to be prepared for tomorrow? All the while knowing that in order to enact change, it takes baby steps. Thank you again for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and share this episode with a friend. And once again, please visit csuiteradio.com to listen to many of the excellent podcasts that they have in their family of networks. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.